0: Welcome to Frockflicks, Flicks, the historical costume movie and TV podcast and blog. And I'm your host, Tristan Albass, here with your original Broadway recording cast of... Daryl Lorraine. Kendra Van Cleve. And this is our last podcast on Hulu's The Great, the 2020 TV series uh, that is a humorous look at Catherine the Great, and we are podcasting episodes 9 and 10 of series 1, the finale. So where shall we start? Episode 9 has a lot of uh, torture, and episode 10 has an attempted coup. Let's go for it all i can do i have to just start with
1: the end and how disappointed i am by the last episode i mean i get they want to milk it they probably like nicholas holt all of that but oh my god they're gonna fucking stretch this out and it just so much of it annoys me um first off just the failed coup which uh, just that's not how i don't want to hold this show to historical accuracy and yet and then, like, Mario showing the czar all the the plans. Just so much is screwed here, and I'm super annoyed.
2: Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I was watching it and just getting really irritated. Like, it started in episode nine, like, straight off the bat. I was just annoyed by every single plot point <laughs> in it. And then episode 10... um, at one point, my boyfriend turned to me and said, we actually had to pause the film. And he was all like, I actually really like Peter. (laughs) And so I'm kind of worried that, or I'm not worried, but I'm wondering if like the showrunners realize what a likable, awful character Peter is and like getting rid of him is going to somehow or another affect how the show goes forward. But, you know, it, he is a likable, bad character.
0: I feel like that was very purposeful in in that they cast, they cast Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt and they knew these are two young, attractive, decent actors. And then as, as they saw how well they worked together, um, they thought, yeah, okay, we can definitely... We definitely, you know, what we, what we, what the inkling we had, it was a good idea. Let's definitely do this as, for as long as we can. So we definitely want to have one full season for sure of them together. And, you know, we'll see how well the series does, how well its re- reception is. And then we'll see if we go for two full seasons. or something. I feel like this, I expected this. I didn't expect, I didn't expect the, you know, the coup to, actually be fulfilled this season but i feel like next season it's going to be really weird as to how long is peter going to last if he lasts two full seasons i'm gonna like oh please uh, because it's really going to be so obvious that they're just milking it for the 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 two actors and the two characters to get get, together to stay together because yeah they are charming together and you know and it's it's a it's a fun you know they can make fun plot lines with that but uh. i agree with that
1: i guess i wish and i'm sure that probably things unfolded as they went along to some degree i don't know if they filmed everything before anything aired but who knows how this works but the real story of catherine the great actually would have worked so much better if they'd used that as the pacing where she comes to russia and spends all this time trying to decide if she can actually convert to russian orthodox um and getting to know Peter and his mother or his aunt the Empress and then finally they get married and that you know so it's like if they had if they had waited to introduce the coup and maybe spent a little bit more time before they actually got married I feel like it would have paced better my problem now is we spent so many episodes focusing on the coup that I'm fine, in a, okay, I'm okay with a failed coup, although I'm very annoyed about Peter knowing that it's her, because that's not how it unfolded and is, I, how the hell that's going to play out, I have no idea. But again, if they had gone with a longer introduction and a longer build towards the coup comes onto the scene, uh, I would have been happier.
2: I agree. Um, I didn't watch the previous uh, iterations, like the... The Catherine, was it Catherine Zeta-Jones version? I, I never saw that series. I
1: saw it, that and the Julia Ormond. I've got a dual right, review and, on the site.
2: And yeah, exactly. I, and I was just going to say, Kendra, you've reviewed both of those. Um, and I know that they both deal with the younger Catherine. And so I was actually curious to hear, you know, do you feel like that's uh, either one of those are a better representation of the earlier years versus this one, which obviously is very sensationalized and stylized.
1: For sure uh, the Julia Ormond one, um, which is better just plot-wise, acting-wise, everything except for the costumes, which are hilariously bad, like hilariously bad, like a couch died, a very painful death, and what is going on in terms of fitting, and like just the clunkiest ever. Um, That one, though, is good for sort of the content, and it really does spend a lot of time on that whole period where before she's actually marrying before she actually marries peter and then the catherine the uh, zeta jones one has better costumes but it's so cheesy there's lots of like making love in front of the fire on the bearskin skin rug bound chicka bound
0: that i've seen
1: <laughs> it's so salacious
0: and lame but nice costumes that and the russian one or the yeah the first rush there's a there's was, been a couple we've reviewed yeah, some there's of them on the Russian site ones. um but but i do i agree with kendra about the the using the more historical pacing um would have would have kept peter in it longer um uh, and then even using this pacing fine okay um but just that one element of not you know mariel not revealing the plot to peter you could have you could have had String up the the second, at least the first half of the second series with Peter still in in love, or now in love, now in love with Catherine, and there's a coup, but he doesn't know that she's involved with the coup, and that could have yielded some interesting storylines instead of just oh let's revert back to them hating each other and 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 there's a coup because then it's like oh we just kind of reset, but not and i'm
1: nodding emphatically here go sarah
2: i was gonna say that uh i think that you know they were married for almost 20 years before (laughs) he dies you know and that was one of the things in the in this series is that the timeline is so way off i think at one point in episode nine or ten they mentioned that they've only been married six months and (laughs) i did not just show up to russia and be like suddenly, oh, I'm going to overthrow the entire Russian everything and become, an you know, empress in my own right, et cetera, uh, in six months. It's just, it's an absurdly fast timeline. And it, granted, again, it's an absurd show. It definitely absurdist humor, absurdist history. Maybe this is what we have to call this. This is absurdist history. Um, <laughs> hashtag absurdist history. <laughs> I think that's a new hashtag we're gonna put in here. Um, And in a a lot of ways, I actually really enjoy it. I enjoy it for just being silliness. Um, But it's uh, other stuff. When you sit back and you think about the actual history, you're just like, what?
1: (laughs) And again, I'm not even complaining in terms of the actual history, because I let that go the second I saw the asterisk on the title. I'm annoyed just from having watched the season and be like, oh, God, like how? It just completely make it all fictional still. How is this going to play out now that Peter knows and she can only be pregnant for so long and et cetera.
2: And that's the thing I was saying from the beginning, which is every, every noble woman knows that your spot is assured as soon as you get pregnant. Like give that motherfucker an air. And then you're, you're set. You're set. Good, good job. Dust it, you know, done and dusted. And this whole show is like, doesn't even acknowledge that this is an actual strategy that women would use to preserve their own, you know, livelihood and safety, and also to assure their own, um, ability to, uh, to control power. And, and honestly, Catherine, for sure, in real war, in real life, she was definitely part of that entire, you know, epoch (laughs) where you had to, have uh an heir in order to assure your own uh security and i don't think she would have been able to pull off the coup had she not been you know had paul and so why are we sitting around here like planning this ridiculous coup when she literally could just get pregnant have and then have kind of an ability to secure her own position well, and especially because
1: if she doesn't have a baby and she, the coup goes through, then she's got the Queen Elizabeth the I of England issue, which is yeah. she's got to marry and cre- provide an heir. Now, granted, in Russia, they did do a lot of like, oh, well, my nephew or whatever is going to be, or my sister or whatever is going to be the heir. Um, so maybe she could have fished around that way. But I don't
0: know. It would have created a lot of problems. So well, should we talk costumes? Yeah, there's one super totally random thing that um, I, I just wanted to mention that's not costume related, not really not history related, but um, one thing I really liked about um, it was in episode ten, actually throughout all of the episodes, one aspect of Peter's character that I really like that they have that they have consistently brought up is that is his his feelings about food <laughs> when he's he's deciding on a cake on a birthday cake for Catherine. And he's talking about all these different cakes and and the, and the delightful tastes and the tart and the sweet and the, and, you know, and the, he has these rhapsodic descriptions of food. He's like a freaking foodie, and, and in a nice way. It's like this only thing he's smart about. He's a dumbass about everything else. It's the only thing he's smart about, and it's just, it's a this quirk to his character, and and Nicholas Holt plays it very well. And he's like, and he's he's not a pretentious git about it. Um, he's just, oh, yeah, so it's very funny. Do you think she'd like that? And, and and it comes out of left field and it's a super random thing. And I'm like, all right. They they make him an interesting character. He is a total, you know, sometimes he's a super douche bro idiot. And then he has these moments that, uh, that are just like, wow, there is a depth and, and breadth to him that I'm glad... That they kept him around, even though they screwed up with his timeline and made it seem like, oh, we're going to get we got to get rid of him. Okay, cool. Nice. I like this. But yes, the costumes.
1: Well, real quick, that reminded me of one other non-costume thing that I want to talk about, which I thought the whole torture stuff the way they played it was hilarious, especially when they're, like, talking about, like, you're just going to have to suck it up if they, like, you know, torture your balls. And and um, uh, what's-his-face, the boy hunk saying, I thought her use of the word searing was inappropriate or whatever. Just watching men cringe while people discuss hurting their junk is highly entertaining. <laughs>
2: i i was like mad props to Catherine for being like no i'm gonna get my fingernail ripped out and get a brick dropped on my head you know like good 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 show good show you know?
1: and then also orlov getting all like if they go for my balls <laughs> and
2: then fainting i don't want orlov to be dead oh my god oh, he can't be i just got a, a large book dropped on his head um uh, but orlov is one of like the few historical characters in this movie. Yes. And I really
1: like his character in the show.
2: <laughs> he's great. Yeah. He is great. Really, especially now that he's realized his badassness. He's, he's really a sweetie. I like
1: him. Yes. Yeah. And you're right, Sarah. No glasses to be seen.
2: I know. No, it's gone. The glasses. <laughs> glasses are gone. As soon as he becomes
0: a badass, he's like, ooh. <laughs> <Close right there. laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I guess uh, so episode nine, it had all the torture and a lot of repeat costumes. We did
1: get to see a lot of the aunt's uh, men'swear outfit, which, oh, yes. again, it helps that this show is absurdist history because in anything that was serious, I'd be like, it's so historically inaccurate. But because the show is in no way trying to be historically accurate, I just enjoyed how freaking pretty it was with the blue sequins and the uh, applique lace and the angle of the skirtings and all of that. I just, I love that outfit on a purely costumey level.
2: Well, I have have fabric, that exact same fabric in my fabric stash. And I kept looking at it and being like, hmm. I'm
0: going to fight you over that one. Oh, girl. Um,
2: And bright green
0: (laughs) stockings. Mm -hmm. The purple... The purple shot fabrics with bright green stockings. It's such oh, again the color combos that the designer picked out. Hold for the,
2: Beautiful. Hold on, my camera did not, or my uh, my TV did not read it as purple. It read it as brown. Read it as like a dark bronzy shot bronzy root beer color. The, she's shot. talking about the stockings. Yeah, but it was. It's, the, I actually the one I have is is like a bronze and a uh, a black.
1: I see. Uh, it's like a brown and blue shot, but she's um. Tristan was talking about the stockings were green
0: yeah the fabric I believe is shot so it's it's got a bunch of colors in it but I'm seeing bits of purple purple and bronzy um might be a bluish purple but yeah it depends on obviously depends on what your monitor is showing but it's definitely a two-tone uh color in there and then with all those sparkle bits and and trims and stuff and and then the green stockings that catch the either the purple or the blue or the blue purple, such great. That's really pretty. Design. It is a
2: really pretty outfit, and I think, yeah, like we were talking before we started uh, recording about how nine episode nine had basically zero costume content to talk about except for that one thing. And her, it, you know, it's costumey, but this again, like, we're not talking about strict history here. And this character of the ant is very. She's also very ridiculous. Um, but I hope, I actually hope that we're going to see her character expanded in the next series. I really want to see it because she's great. She's a really good character and a very good foil to kind of both Peter and Catherine. Um, and she's an interesting, just I, everything that she's up to. I'm always like, well, what would she do?
1: I agree. She also does exactly what I uh, have done in my life in times when I know the shit's going to go down, which is mm-hmm. I plead ignorance by leaving. I, what? I was at my country estate, so I don't know
2: what happened I thought that. he wanted plausible deniability, and that's always what I say, is like, I don't really want to know what's happening, I just want plausible deniability, so I'm gonna leave.
0: <laughs> oh, but she got it on with a girl, though, but, um, but all as well, so she, she gets it, she, she literally does what she wants, she was, and she was, like, telling the, the patriarch patriarchy off it's like get out of here I don't want to hear about you I got a girl to get get down on
1: she lives the dream man that's yeah. the role you want is the wacky
2: aunt
0: uh, I am all about the, the wacky aunt you know every
2: time she's on every time she's on screen I always think this is Tristan
0: <laughs> it's got my hair too know. You know?
1: <laughs> Tristan has muppet hair today uh, but I mean it, that's the role you want in a palace kind of situation you want to be power adjacent where you so say you have power and money and whatever, but you don't have any actual responsibility <laughs> and you can just fuck all day. Yeah. So yep. another costume thing I wanted to mention from episode nine is elf. This is a super nitpick, but bear with me. I need something to talk about here because again, it's all repeats. So Catherine's wearing the green dress with the pleated trim. And this is, Again, such a nitpick, but I notice it every time they do it in gazillion movies and TV shows, which is they've clearly used a pleating or gathering foot to make the pleats uh, that trim the outfit. And it's so dumb, but it's just a slightly different effect than how they did it in the period, which was either pleating by hand, which gives a very sort of irregular soft look, or um, whipped gathers, which gives a sort of Gathery effect, but it's not this super structured pleat, 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 pleat. And they always do that where they put a little row of trim down on it to hide the machine stitching. And it always jumps out at me as the world's tiniest thing, but like,
0: oh yeah, that was done with a sewing machine foot. And I am so laughing at you people because it's like, that's something I would never fucking notice because I would do it on machine too.
2: Mostly I'm always looking at it like, God, I really wish I had a pleater that actually worked.
1: <laughs> oh my God, those things, they are, they are evil. Ridiculously are
0: fiddly. Th- so are. fiddly I and they... Such a pain in the ass is doing it by hand, but I'd still not want to do it by hand. But, um, so episode 10 did
2: have some uh, new costumes. Um, not a lot, not a lot. I, I, all of all. Of, all of Catherine's costumes are kind of variations on the theme.
0: Obviously. And they're all based
2: on the same pattern with very few exceptions. Uh, several episodes ago, it was that gold, uh, gold, beautiful, greeny, gold shot dress, which I almost looked like a mantua. And I was always like, God, I really want to see this dress like featured more prominently. But everything else is based on a robe, a, la, a robe l'anglaise, a, a fitted back English style gown. And it does set her apart from like the more wackier, elaborate stuff that the uh, that the rest of the court wears.
0: Yeah, I mean, she does. Uh, she starts episode ten in a dark dress that I'm thinking, that. I'm thinking it's actually a really dark blue, like a dark navy blue, because it's not doesn't look quite solid black. Um, and it's worn over, interestingly, uh, a really bright petticoat underneath, which is either a pink or a red it's kind of hard to tell I love Um, a flash of color yeah you get the flash
1: of color you do a lining or like even just cuffs or something on any outfit I love that that's always great
0: and I and I feel like that's a hint at her final dress which is the hot pink one that's the one that's in the promos um it's the one where she's you know flipping off give the middle finger in the promos and also sometimes wearing the crown in the promos so that's the final dress she wears in the in the episode
1: i was so Um, underwhelmed i mean i know they went with the color a bright color which was more interesting i just thought oh it's her 2006 sophia coppola marie antoinette dress straight (laughs) out and once again it was like oh could you do something new in the cut Again, it was beautifully made, but it was simple, and I just, uh, please, people, give me more. I need more. At one point, an extra goes by who's wearing like an orange, some kind of animal print, a woman, a dress that's like an orange with little black spots. I can't remember what animal print it was, but I just saw for a second. I'm like, that. I want that. And I know that's not Catherine's character, but I just, I need some visual interest here, people, because I'm
0: falling asleep. Now, Auntie did wear a crazy cool dress um in the peeing scene um peeing on the floor can can you guys i mean seriously i feel like frock flicks kind of come full circle with the peeing on the floor and the rushes and the whole deal um that's how Catherine is how we that's the pregnancy test apparently whatever weird um but uh so crazy auntie is wearing this um gold brocade dress trimmed in fur
2: and tassels it's gorgeous very elaborate that's actually a rewear. That's a rewear from episode seven, whichever it was. When they go to visit the troops, right? Yeah. yeah. But you only popular. see her cloak over it. Yeah, but most yeah. But now we get a good full view of it. It's really beautiful. It is a really pretty dress, and it's actually very historical in uh, what it references with the the fur trimmings and everything, which most people don't really think about 18th century as being a a time period that had a lot of fur trimmings, but they really did. And it's really cool. <laughs> it know, was it, all it, meant yeah. to be an
1: Eastern European Ottoman reference, which are rife in the 18th century.
2: And our scholar who specializes in 18th century Ottoman <laughs> and Oriental uh, influence in costume can actually, yeah, speak about that. That's Kindra, by the way.
1: Yeah, they, but, uh, it's, it's meant to evoke um, fur-lined and fur-trimmed calf tans. And then again, all the, the the like tassels and lots of passimentary trimmings, all of that was super associated with Eastern Europe, including Russia and Ottoman, and it's that whole that whole influence. Uh, we also saw a lot uh for I think, the clearest ever of Georgiana's red dress.
2: Yeah we got a good view of the butt bow. I didn't know that the butt bow existed and these two had actually said multiple times that the butt bow was there until sure enough you get a clear shot of the butt bow in this and so uh, I'm, I'm a convert now. Um, I still like this dress. I, I It's got a weird skirt and now now that you can see more of it you can see how like the skirt doesn't really pleat right into the bodice. I don't know if that's because the bodice is separate from the skirt or what uh, but she's you know, she looks beautiful in red. She's a brunette who looks beautiful in red. And so I have just a love for that. One other thing, which is weird, in episode ten,
0: Georgie is wearing a red version of the peasant outfit. Yes, I saw that. I'm like, what the hell?
2: Suddenly she's down. down with the people. So Catherine wears a, as we mentioned this in previous, previous uh, podcasts, Catherine does wear a kind of inexplicably folksy kind of outfit that's pale green. It's like two shades of pale green. And it's like a, a, a peasant blouse with a skirt and a belt. And it looks great on Elle Fanning, like who's slender and has a long torso. And it just, the proportions always look nice, even though it's a weird costume, not my favorite, but she manages to pull it off. Now, George wears a red version, two slightly different reds. George is shorter and, and curvier and not as long torsoed, and it just looks weird. <laughs> it doesn't look well, good. I mean, I wasn't put off as much by the
0: proportions. I do feel like there's there's stuff going there's some foundation or something going on because it's very
2: It's It's like a giant bum roll or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's got some hippie stuff going on to it, but also just the fact that it's solid freaking red and it's the peasant stuff. Like when is she down with the people? This is
2: what I think is, this is what I think is a hint going forward is we've seen George and Catherine dance around one another uh, in in the last few episodes. Um, And I think maybe we're sensing there may be an alliance coming
1: that's the only thing that would make it because it doesn't make sense character wise.
0: Yeah. Right. And the scenes in which it's happening are unrelated. Like she, it's the cake tasting, and it's when um, the her, uh, Peter, George, and um, her husband are watching Catherine get a gift from um, Leo. I mean, and it, basically, it's which it's when the same three are all together. The you know same three that have been together the whole time. So and they're just kind of doing their little mocking, little threesome menage things, which are about Kathy, but still just the three of them together. So it's not. I mean, if it's if it's foreshadowing, it's like way deep foreshadowing. It's not like.
2: Yeah. I, I keep thinking about like, you know, so we, so this, this dips into the historical timeline in, in strategic ways, uh, things like Orlov or Orlo, as they call him in here in this, uh, he was one of the main um, orchestrated orchestrate orchestrators, Architects. <laughs> uh, uh, organizers of the coup. Uh, at the end of this uh, episode 10, we think he's dead, right? And I'm always like, come on. And Orlov was also one of her lovers, like, you know, for years, very famously. So also what I think is George may be being set up to be um, Countess Bruce, the, uh, the, 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 the historical figure Countess Bruce, who was Catherine's kind of right-hand man. Um, and so I went, I'm kind of like, at first I was thinking maybe it'd be Mariel, and now Mariel's betrayed her. And so maybe it's actually going to be Countess, you know, the uh, uh, George, who's going to end up becoming the Countess Bruce figure going forward. Um, and I'm, I'm really curious to see how they tie in the history that I'm waiting for. And it may never happen. <laughs> yeah, you may never get the history. I, one I one may never get satisfaction on that end.
0: <laughs> uh, there was the one line when, I don't know if it was in. 10 episode 10 of hers in the episode before that where uh actually it was the episode before that because it was right during when they found the the person who started the coup that wasn't the person who started the coup um and uh the four of them were together um and and uh catherine was telling uh uh george's husband's name who i can never remember it's, a, it's another g name um and Greg, Greg Gregor, whatever. Gregor, Gregor. Um, telling him basically you know it kind of you, you hate it when when he fucks your wife don't you uh, and then you know he kind of like oh yeah I do but ah uh, yeah and then he goes off and then um, George comes over and um, he's like what are you telling my husband don't rile him up and they basically have a little convo and one I guess Kathy basically says something like you know wouldn't it what you know would if you could go somewhere where you didn't have to just you know be a whore mm-hmm. um to get power would you and she'd be like and she was like yeah fuck yeah yeah i would i totally would that would be great that's a yeah. fantasy land but yeah so that that was like the that was more of a foreshadowing than the 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 red dress now if they were maybe tied a little closer or maybe in the same episode even uh, i would feel it strongly. And that's kind of my one complaint about this, this show is that they're um, the writing is just that little bit off. Like when they do visual cues, they don't tie up with the plot cues as well. So it's like, they want to have, Oh, we have a great idea. That would be a great visual joke or a visual cue, but they kind of miss it in tying it to close enough to the plot cue or the, or the, dialogue cue to make it really happen
2: and that's kind of my my problem with it as well is that yeah. i want it i i want it to be more um referential not reverential but referential to the history a nod and a wink and you get that a couple of times so people that know the history like i want as a historian i want to hear i want that nod and a wink and and one of the things with um and we've talked about this on the the podcast dealing with uh Uh, the favorite which is it's kind of a not it's not a totally true history in any way shape or form but it's a nod no wink to history and anyone who knows it gets the joke you know and I want that more of that from this
0: (laughs) yeah I feel like definitely Tony McNamara's co-writer who I should look up uh, Mm -hmm. was probably that missing link that Mm -hmm. that did the that little extra work that made the favorite work so well, and this the great is
2: just a smidge off. I did want to add though that uh, Rostov, the fellow who goes after uh, after Peter uh, or yeah after Peter and and ends up getting killed because of it and then kind of framed for the coup attempt. Um, I was really bummed. <laughs> I really liked his character. Yeah. I really, really liked his
1: character. I just yeah. liked that Mariel got shagged by a tall drink of water.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's very handsome, even with yeah. the, like, thing that, you know, the whatever skin condition that his beard was supposed to be hiding. Yeah, I would have uh-huh. hit that, too. Yeah. But I also just liked him as a sympathetic character, and oh, I, was, I was bummed that he had to be the fall guy in that. And then, but in this in this show, as, as we've gone forward through it, there are many many fall guys and it's just gonna it's just a way of life you know that the only person at the end of the the body heap of bodies is going to be Catherine absolutely
1: um, and it is funny of course that that she's been so like oh but I couldn't kill Peter well meanwhile all these other people are dying and then suddenly
2: she's like, I'm killing Peter. And then she does it badly and crappily. I'm oh, so annoyed. I <laughs> oh, you are I fucking she this know, like, up. I'm going to march in with my little 19 year old self and be like, it's my birthday. And I, I weigh 20 pounds birthday. and. You know, right? I can't kill him in front of Voltaire. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, God, Voltaire. Can we talk about Voltaire? He had a great wig. <laughs> I was so excited to see Voltaire, and one of the best scenes in Episode Ten is where Voltaire comes across the dejected, coup-attempted uh, Catherine sitting on the staircase in this beautiful palace, and is like, "You fucked up." And, he's <laughs> like, and she's all like, "What? You're not supposed to tell me that." And he's all like, "Bitch, I am all about that." <laughs> Anybody? Because she, at one point, she's like, "Well, you're awfully dark," you know, like you know, dark. In, in like your, your outlook on life. And I'm like, anybody who's actually read Voltaire knows that that man was the epitome of just cynicism. <laughs> so clearly, if she's read Voltaire, she's only read it through a very light lens. Uh, but yeah, Voltaire, very, very, very cynic, cynical person. I also liked his outfit. Oh, his outfit was great. It reminded me a lot, actually, Tristan, of your uh, Leonard outfit. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of why I liked it. Uh, nice, nice use of colors. Again, they use great colors, um, kind of a mix of uh, interesting mix of, of both dark and light colors, actually very appropriate. Mm-hmm. Finally, finally they got one, right. Um, <laughs> Cause he's, he's wearing this kind of past, he's wearing both a pastel jacket um, and, pa- and, and, and breeches and then dark waistcoat and dark um, stockings with the light clocking on them and, um, and dark, Uh, shoes and and it's just it's a it's a great combo It just really it looks awesome looks really great on um i love it i love it i wear it totally
1: hair catherine's hair we have lost whoever was doing those perfect little tete de mouton curls i did like when she finally got it up at the end i think of episode nine it was in a nice 1760s shape where you get some uh, height on the crown, but not a ton. Um, and so, the, and it's generally in kind of an egg shape. So I liked that, but up until then, um, she had this sort of ponytail thing going in back. There was, a, and then, and now that Mario's gotten laid, her hair is down and they're losing me. The hair was so good and now it's not.
2: Yeah. I was gonna say sausage curls, like that that part where where, she, her hair. Um, Catherine's hair is back up. It's still got the fat little like you don't really see that at this period in time. We
1: see little ring, like one or
2: little two. tiny, yeah, little ones or like you know, kind of little wispy thing tendrils, exactly. And it's not like one big fat sausage curl. In fact, actually, in one one scene, I think it was the dinner scene in episode nine after everybody's been tortured and her hair is up and beautiful um she's got this one curl you know that one big fat curl that comes around her her neck and it but it's not a curl it's it's a twist and it was very uh game of thronesy with like that twisty little long bit that came down
1: (laughs) i had a twist and curl barbie that came with this little gadget where you would separate the hair into two things and clamp on and then you would pump it and it would twist the things and then twist them together and i'm doing lots of gestures here you can't see
2: my mother didn't love me enough to get a twist and curl barbie Yeah, we, we couldn't afford <laughs> any of those fancy barbies <laughs> i had
1: every barb not every i had a, many of the major barbies of the early age
2: my mother my mother was a feminist nobody could
1: have fought me on barb because barbie and i, I mean, we were we yeah. were close
2: well, I'm jealous of your Barbie collection.
1: I'm though. sorry, they're all would long start gone. Would
2: you me as a kid?
1: I would have absolutely. We could have
0: okay. colored her hair with a red marker to make her. <laughs> I did have the uh, the Ken. This was this was like an 80s Ken, which you could shave. Nice. He had, he had what? A big, he had real hair, not like molded hair. And then and then you had a marker, and you put it in water, and then you could shave. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: You're I got... too old for that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was, you know, maybe it was a, it was late 80s early eighties, early late seventies. I don't know, but you know, it was it was impression. I was impressed. It was our first
2: foray into uh, heat changing materials. I don't know. It was just a. That was a fun digression.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I want to go Wikipedia. All these Barbies. And now, Barbies. now we should do a frock
2: flicks on like historical Barbies. <laughs> no, let's, no,
0: no! Don't get our fans started because that's true. No, that would Shut not that end down. Shut that down <laughs> right now. Oh, come on. Okay. Um anything uh, else episode 10?
1: <laughs> uh mostly just again annoyance with the plot.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so actually kind of relieved that that Leo is Getting his head chopped off. <laughs> I have been waiting for this because that yeah. just it is overkill. How schmoopy oh, they God. are all the day, but she- he's so cute.
0: Even yeah. he's short. <laughs> I, he was really only good for a couple of episodes, and then it was. Just I've just
2: crazy. been waiting. Honestly, I've been waiting since like episode three or four for like yeah. Peter to just throw him off the roof, like the Pomeranian. <laughs> no parachute.
0: Yeah yeah so um you know it, hey it was a it's a fun um fun series you know it does wacky things you know it's definitely yeah, absurdist history i think that's the, the good description for it the, you're
2: welcome
0: <laughs> the, the costuming is uh you know solid b effort um in that it's historical enough it's not necessarily historical to the time period it should be but you know it's also not, um, you know, it's beautifully made. It's not, and it's and it's beautifully designed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it does particular, it does appropriate things for each character. Like each character has, you know, kind of a visual story, um, and it is beautiful to look at most of the time. Um, and you know, you can tell that they had a little bit of budget. Obviously, not a ton. They're not, you know, cranking out. A bajillion gowns but they had enough to you know use some interesting fabrics um, get some a fair amount of detail at times um, somewhere along the line they lost a hairdresser <laughs> um, it happens uh, it's Russia uh, you know it's it 10 episodes uh, that that are not um, a complete waste of time so you know you can do a lot
2: worse uh, you know yeah and good summary I think it was fun and entertaining I look forward to what's coming up next. I want to see how they, uh, continue with the absurdist history. (laughs) Um, and I want to see, you know, what, what's to come. Yeah. How does our girl Catherine get herself out of this mess? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well,
0: so that's our, uh, podcast review of the series the great, the first season on Hulu in 2020. Um, don't know if we'll podcast a second uh, series we we tend to you know stop with one uh, depends
2: on how good it is
0: yeah i mean if the Ellen, if the they have a different costume designer or if they decide to jump in time somehow i don't know we'll see who knows we'll we'll catch up later uh with that but um we do have some podcast shout outs for our patreons who subscribe at a certain level and um support us so generously uh, we wanna thank all these people for their support and we're just gonna plow through them and I apologize for mispronouncing your names. So thank you to, to Nancy Nicholson, Deborah Brower, Chris Hall, Chris Burstall, Martha Kearsley, Christine Tonks, Kara Gunderson, Heather Pritchett, Bethany Bachi, Katherine Reynolds, Jillian,
1: Carolyn Richardson, Robin Borsos, Molly Cecil, Sarah Renee, Julie Levitt, Cynthia McMillan, Elaine
2: Raleigh, Erica Layton, Debbie Farthing, Cynthia Setti, Laura, no last name, Eileen Fell, Anne Marie, Melanie Lawrence, Samantha Canariato, I think I did that right. Wendy Clark, Chandra of the n- no last name, Kate
0: Dominguez, Lauren Dearborn, Travelin Langendorf, Alessa Wild, Emily Bennion, Marcella Brandau, <laughs> Jessica Grist, Mary Dotson, Barbara Sharet, Candace Rossi, Elizabeth Ferguson, Susan Snare, and Allison Daggett. Thank you all so much for your support.
2: Yay. Applause. We you pay really- for our servers and yes. our subscriptions to various, uh, uh, streaming made- services. Yes.
0: We really appreciate it. And we couldn't go on without you guys. So, um, that's it for this podcast. We'll catch you around later. We are available on frockflix.com on, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Just Google us. We're at Frog flicks Not hard to find. <laughs> <So it's- laughs> Fucking Google it. That's <laughs> right. And um, that's all for this podcast. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.